Welcome to Meal Times with Marjorie. I'm a foodie, a bread connoisseur, but not the type you may think. I love the bread of life, the living bread, our daily bread. Welcome to the table. Our meal today will be from Hebrews 1, read from various translations. As we eat this bread, we invite Holy Spirit to infuse it with power, energize it, write it on our hearts. Holy Spirit, please help us to embrace the words we hear, to assimilate them and live them today to the glory of God. Bon appetit, my friends. Thanks for joining me. We begin with Hebrews 1 from the Simplified Living Bible Text, and I'll start with the introduction. Your friend becomes a Christian. He's excited. This is wonderful. But then other friends tease him. They want him to do bad things that look like fun, but he knows Christians shouldn't do them. No one else in his family is a Christian. Family members don't understand. One day your friend has doubts. He wonders if the old way is better. This is what the book of Hebrews is about. Jewish people had become Christians. They were excited. They thought Christ would come back soon. Other people made fun of them. Other people even hurt them because they believed in Jesus. These new Christians had family members who didn't believe in Jesus, and these Jewish Christians began to have doubts. Should they go back to their old religion? Should they give up Christianity? The author of Hebrews tries to help these new Christians. He tells them to make a complete break with temple worship and sacrifices. Jesus Christ is a greater high priest than the one at the temple. His sacrifice on the cross is much better than temple sacrifices. Living for Jesus is better than following religious laws. Do you ever doubt? Remember the book of Hebrews. Living with Jesus is the only way to really live. Jesus Christ is God's Son. Chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, God spoke in many different ways to our fathers. He spoke through the prophets in visions, dreams, and even face to face. Little by little, he told them about his plans. But now in these days, he's spoken to us through his son. He has given his son everything. Through his son, he made the world and everything there is. God's son shines out with God's glory. All that God's son is and does marks him as God. He controls the universe by the power of his command. He's the one who died to cleanse us of all sin. Then he sat down in highest honor beside the great God of heaven. Jesus Christ is greater than the angels. Verse 4. Thus he became far greater than the angels. This is proved because his name is Son of God. This name was passed on to him from his father. It's far greater than the names and titles of the angels. God never said to any angel, You are my son. He didn't tell them, Today I have given you the honor of that name. But God did say this about Jesus. Another time he said, I am his father and he is my son. And when his firstborn son came to the earth, what did God say? 
He said, let all the angels of God worship him. God speaks of his angels as messengers. They are as fast as the wind. They are servants made of flaming fire. But of his son, he says, your kingdom, O God, will last forever and ever. Its commands are always just and right. You love right and hate wrong. So God, your God, has poured out more gladness on you than on anyone else. God also called him Lord. He said, Lord, in the beginning you made the earth. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will disappear into nothingness, but you will remain forever. They will become worn out like old clothes. Someday you will fold them up and replace them, but you will never change, and your years will never end. Did God say to an angel, Sit beside me until I crush your enemies under your feet? No, but he said that to his son. The angels are spirits who serve God. They are messengers sent to care for those who will receive his salvation. That's the end of chapter 1 from the Simplified Living Bible. Scripture quoted from the Simplified Living Bible, copyright 1990, used by permission of the Tyndall House Publishers Incorporated, all rights reserved. Now we'll read Hebrews 1 from the Daily Walk Bible, New Living Translation, and we'll start again with the introduction. The anonymous first century writer of Hebrews sent this letter of exhortation to professing Jewish Christians suffering persecution for their faith in Christ. Many, in fact, were considering renouncing their profession in order to return to the safety of Judaism. The writer exhorts them to hold fast to their faith and press on to spiritual maturity. The Christian faith is the true worship and service of the living God. Jesus Christ, as both the sacrifice and high priest of the new covenant, is superior in every way to the Mosaic system. The Daily Walk Bible has some sections. In this case, it's separated out for Hebrews 1 and 2. We'll read it today. An overview, your daily walk, insights, and a margin note. So we'll start with the overview. God has revealed himself and his plans in many ways through long centuries of Old Testament history, but now he has provided the climactic chapter in the person of his Son. Angels have frequently been involved in God's program, but none of them could claim to be a royal son of the king or suffer and die as the savior of humankind. Only Jesus Christ could do that. Though made a little lower than the angels for a time, He provided the way to lift both Jews and Gentiles into the family of God through his sacrificial death. Your daily walk. What God has said in the past is important, but what he's saying today through his son is even more important. As you read today's passage, look for statements describing who Christ is and what he has accomplished. You might want to share the results of your study with a friend who's seriously considering the claims of Christ. It might be just the evidence that person needs to find new life in the one before whom even angels bow. Insight. Let me express it this way. 
Hebrews 1.3 says that the sun reflects God's own glory and everything about him represents God exactly. Do you want to know what the character of the invisible God is like? Just study the character of his son who came in the flesh. And the margin note, in the creation, the Lord made humans like himself, but in the redemption, he made himself like humans. Now we'll read the chapter, chapter one, verse one. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. But now in these final days, he's spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the sun, he made the universe and everything in it. The sun reflects God's own glory and everything about him represents God exactly. He sustains the universe by the mighty power of his command. After he died to cleanse us from the stain of sin, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God of heaven. This shows that God's son is far greater than the angels just as the name God gave him is far greater than their names. For God never said to any angel what he has said to Jesus, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And again God said, I will be his father and he will be my son. And then when he presented his honored son to the world, God said, Let all the angels of God worship him. God calls his angels messengers swift as the wind and servants made of flaming fire. But to his son, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. Your royal power is expressed in righteousness. You love what is right and hate what is wrong. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. And, Lord, in the beginning you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Even they will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will roll them up like an old coat. They will fade away like old clothing, but you are always the same. You will never grow old. And God never said to an angel as he did to his son, Sit in honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. But angels are only servants. They are spirits sent from God to care for those who will receive salvation. That concludes chapter 1 in the Daily Walk Bible, New Living Translation. Scripture quoted from the Holy Bible, New Living Translation, copyright 1996 by the Tyndall House Foundation, used by permission of Tyndall House Publishers, all rights reserved. Our next translation is the New American Standard Bible, NASB. God's final word to his son, Hebrews 1, verse 1. God after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature, and upholds all things by the word of his power. 
When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, to the extent that he has inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have fathered you. And again, I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, And let all the angels of God worship him. And regarding the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds, and his ministers a flame of fire. But regarding the Son, he says, Your throne, God, is forever and ever. And the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. And they will all wear out like a garment, and like a robe you will roll them up. Like a garment they will also be changed, but you are the same and your years will not come to an end. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits, sent out to provide service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? That concludes chapter 1 in the New American Standard Bible. Scripture quoted from the NASB, New American Standard Bible, copyright 2020, by the Lachman Foundation, used by permission, all rights reserved. The Amplified Bible, Hebrews 1. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in the last of these days he has spoken to us in the person of his Son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds, and the reaches of space, and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outraying of radiance of the divine, and he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sin and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high taking a place and rank by which he himself became as much superior to angels as the glorious name, title, which he has inherited is different from and more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you, established you in an official sonship relation with kingly dignity, and again I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. Moreover, when he brings the firstborn son again into the habitable world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. 
Referring to the angels, he says, God, who makes his angels winds and his ministering servants flames of fire. But as to the Son, he says to him, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, to the ages of the ages, and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of absolute righteousness, of justice and straightforwardness. You have loved righteousness, you have delighted in integrity, virtue, and uprightness in purpose, thought, and action. You have hated lawlessness, injustice, and iniquity. Therefore, God, even your God, Godhead, has anointed you with the oil of exultant joy and gladness above and beyond your companions. And further, you, Lord, did lay the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain and continue permanently. They will all grow old and wear out like a garment, like a mantle thrown about oneself. You will roll them up, and they will be changed and replaced by others. But you remain the same, and your years will never end nor come to failure. Besides, to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, associated with me in my royal dignity, till I make your enemies a stool for your feet? Are not the angels all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? That concludes chapter 1 in the Amplified Bible. Scripture quoted from the Amplified Bible, New Testament, copyright 1987, by the Lachman Foundation, used by permission. Our final translation is the Spiritual Life Bible, New King James Version, Hebrews chapter 1. God's Supreme Revelation God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. The Son exalted above angels. Verse 5. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my Son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. Let's pause for a moment to look at the word ministers. There are word wealths in the Spirit-Filled Life Bible, and I'll read the word ministers, but I won't even attempt to read the language that it comes from. Instead, I will say that ministers comes from two words that mean people and work, hence working for the people. The word first denoted someone who rendered public service, 
at his own expense, and then generally signified a public servant, a minister. In the New Testament, it's used of earthly rulers, the Apostle Paul, Epaphroditus, who attended to Paul's needs, angels, and Christ. So back to the verse, verse 7, and of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Verse 8, but to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and they will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? The Spiritful Life also has another topic called Kingdom Dynamics, and in this one they're talking about ministering spirits from chapter 1, verse 14, angels. Surprisingly enough, there are more direct references to angels in the New Testament than in the Old Testament. A careful study will reveal that the New Testament activity of angels usually revolves around the ministry of Jesus and the establishment of his church on earth. They minister, referring to their serviceable labor, assistance. They are ministering spirits or heavenly assistants who are continually active today in building the body of Christ, advancing the ministry of Jesus, and the building of his church. So that concludes Hebrews 1 in the Spirit-Filled Life Bible, New King James Version. Scriptures quoted from the New King James Version, copyright 1982 by Thomas Nelson, used by permission, all rights reserved. To summarize what we were reading in Hebrews chapter 1, the scriptures clarifying the role of Jesus versus the angels. So let's encapsulate the verses about Jesus and the verses about the angels. First, the angels. God calls his angels messengers, swift as the wind, and servants of flaming fire. He says they're ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God to assist those who are to inherit salvation. That's us. Christ followers, we inherit salvation by believing in Jesus Christ's finished work on the cross, that he died for us and rose again. So we're so grateful for God's servants who assist us, but we do not worship angels. In fact, scripture says that angels are inferior to Jesus. They are not called sons, and God commands the angels to worship Jesus. In chapter 1, verse 6, he says, Let all the angels of God worship him, Jesus. And next, about Jesus, it says, God made the universe through Jesus and everything in it. Jesus is heir and lawful owner of all things. In these last days, God has spoken to us 
through Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation of God and the brightness, the radiance of God's glory. Jesus upholds, maintains, guides, propels, sustains all things by his powerful word. Jesus provided purification for sins. Jesus sat down at the right hand of God in heaven. Jesus became much superior to the angels. Jesus is God's son. God tells the angels to worship Jesus. Jesus' throne will last forever in righteousness. God anointed Jesus with the oil of joy. God will make Jesus' enemies a footstool for his feet. Bottom line, Jesus is God. We worship him, and we are so grateful that he died to save us from our sins, rose from the dead, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for us right now. According to Acts 4.12, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. We'll conclude today with chapter 1, verse 9, where it talks about God anointing Jesus with the oil of gladness or the oil of joy. I have a parting blessing for you today about joy. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you bear much fruit and so prove to be his disciple. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Today, may your attention be drawn to the fruit of joy in your life. The joy of the Lord is your strength. May His joy be in you, and may your joy be complete as you remain in His love. You love Him even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible, unspeakable joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and hills will break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Joy is the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in you. In the presence of God is fullness of joy. In His right hand are pleasures forevermore. Your Father has given you great joy. May you delight in Him today. I love you. Have a joy-filled day.